Welcome to Destined to Be with Bishop Roberto Jamat. Bishop Jamat is an international motivational speaker and author whose mission is to empower, stimulate, educate, and bring spiritual enlightenment, guidance, and healing to all people. As senior pastor of Nazareth Christian Fellowship, located in Brooklyn, New York, he has a passion for restoring lives and motivating people to reach their full potential in God. Listen as Bishop Jamat teaches a life-changing lesson today. Stay tuned after the sermon for more information. Join us for today's message, Biblical Success, Possibility versus Limitation, taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Well, welcome to Nazareth Christian Fellowship. Welcome to all of you who are under the sound of my voice. Those of you who are right here in the church and those of you who are listening to us and watching us over the internet, I trust that God will bless you through the Word of God as you allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart, your soul, and your mind. Thank you this morning for being here. Amen. God is so good to us. Well, let's get to the Word of God. As you know, I've been talking about success, and I sort of want to continue that theme about success. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5, and uh, verse 6. Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5, verse 6. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. King James Version said he will direct your path. Father, bless your word. Bless your people as they hear. Bless your people as the word becomes a part of their life. Bless them, O oh God, as they hear and do. Bless them, O oh God, as they become all that you have destined them to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. My topic this morning is biblical success. I've been doing biblical success. This is my third sermon on biblical success, and the caption uh, is possibility versus limitation. Possibilities versus limitation. In order to truly pursue success, in order to truly pursue success, you must accurately define what success you are pursuing and when to pursue that success. You must have a clear vision of what you want to realize and take actions to realize that vision. Are we clear? Is this good? Some, somebody should have jumped up and praised God because it just gave you a real nice nugget. Many believers are not successful because they don't have a clear vision of what they want to achieve. 
when you don't have a clear vision of what you want to achieve, you'll never achieve it. Today, we are bombarded with the need to succeed. But if you don't have a clear vision or dream as to what you want to succeed in, you will never experience success. If you were to Google the word success, you could literally find thousands of references, quotes, and books on the subject of success. Your computers are just not to play games. Your computers are to give you information. Your devices are just not to play games. But you should use them to get information. Information makes you wiser. For example, one such list from the when I Google success was the list of 10 of the best-selling books on success. Uh, the first one was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. If you haven't read that book, you need to read it. Number two is Focal Point by Brian Tracy. And number three is Purple Cow by Seth Gordon. I hated that book. I couldn't understand that book. I couldn't get the principle he was trying to put out there. Number four was The Magic Thinking, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. Number five was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Number six was Four Hours, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Number seven was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, number eight, which I read, was The One Minute Manager by Kenneth Blanchard. Kenneth Blanchard is the guy who wrote Who Moved My Cheese. The Lean Startup, the Lean Startup was number eight by Eric Reeves. And number 10 was The Monk and the Riddle by Randall Cosimar. Now, I've read about three of these books on that list, and maybe I need to read a couple more. Uh, some of you have not read any. How many of you have read any of those books on the list? Let me see some hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. At least you're on the way to becoming all that God has destined you to because these things help. Uh, uh, these are excellent books. Like I said, I've read three or about four of the ten of the books that are on this list. Uh, reading these books will help you, but they will not guarantee that you will be successful. Because you can read something and never apply what you read. As I stated in my prior sermon on biblical success, the, world, the world's definition of success is different from God's definition of success. Because success, which does not include your purpose, is not success. And it does not guarantee happiness. You can be very successful and also at the same time very unhappy. W. Somerset Mahan wrote, he, he's a, he was an old author from the 20s, and he, at the time he was the highest paid author of his time. He wrote this. When I was 18, I desperately wanted to be rich, successful, and famous. Now that I'm all three, 
I'm not sure I'm any happier. One of my favorite authors, Brian Souza, author of the best-selling book, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be, We All Have a Gift, Have You Discovered Yours? He writes the following. He says, he said, and if you understand Brian, Brian had a prospering career. Brian had a great job that was paying him a lot of money. But this is what he writes. He says, I had all the external superficial symbols of success. But internally, I felt guilty, almost as if I were betraying myself. When I looked in the mirror, I no longer recognized or liked the person staring back at me. I wasn't happy, I wasn't fulfilled, and I was going downhill fast. Now, this is a guy who's making good money, have a good job. I had finally come to the realization that, that, me, that meaning was more important than money. That purpose was more important than power. And that giving was more important than getting. I realized that the person I was becoming was not the person I wanted to be. Then he further said, in the same book, he further says this. He says, just as a magician must make music, poets must write, artists must paint, we all have the unique gift a unique gift design for a specific vocation that will bring both meaning and purpose to our lives. True joy and happiness will continue to elude us until we use the gift to become who we were born to be. Tell somebody you were born to be something. Now, 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 my question this morning to you is, how do I find out my unique gift? How do I get a hold of my unique gift? How do I pursue my unique gift? How do I become acquainted with my unique gift? The wisest man to ever live gives us the key to learning their unique gift. Are you with me? Or are you getting something? The wisest man wrote, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So the wisest man gives us the key to learning your unique gift. You've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You've got to acknowledge him and not to lead on your own understanding. And then you will learn who you were designed and created to be. To better understand this text, I need you to consider the fact that within our conscious mind, there exists a dual sense. I, 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 am, I, am I over some of your head or just too much? Because some of you, not, you, you seem to be not listening or you, you seem to be lost. Uh, there's a dual sense in all of us. Jonathan has a dual sense. Uh, Tony has a dual sense. I have a dual sense. 
There are two mentalities struggling in my mind, in my head. There are two mentalities struggling in your head. You may not believe it, or you may not want to accept it, but you have a struggle. I like the way the message version puts that verse. The message version says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Because we're struggling. And, 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 and in other words, if I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna tell you what is going on with this text, is if, if we are listening, if we are listening to the consciousness or mentality that tells us to trust the Lord, then we're good. But there's another mentality that tells us to lean in our own understanding. See, one, one, one part of me said, trust God. And one part of me said, no, 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 trust your own understanding. Am I the only one? Can I get an amen? amen. So, so watch this. The apostle Paul talks about his struggle and what he wrestled with. Paul said, for the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I don't want. So clearly Paul was struggling. Now, I know Paul is talking about sin, but the principle of success also applies here. Because we struggle. If we listen and do what God wants us to do, we can be successful. But if we, re if we lean on our own understanding, we're in trouble. Hello, somebody. We clearly see Paul wrestling. He wants to do what is good, but, it, it, you know, bad comes out, and, he want, and what, what he doesn't want to do, he does. He's in a predicament. And, and, and here's the duality of our text, because one of you want to say, Bishop, then where's the duality of our text? Here's the duality of our text. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's possibility. When you trust God with all your heart, that's possibility. Trust in God means anything is possible. Trust in God means nothing is impossible. Well, that should have been an amen from somebody. And the other duality of the text is do not lean on your own understanding. That's limitation. Because when you lean on your own understanding, you are limited to what you understand. Awesome. Oh, can I say it again? When you lean on your own understanding, then your life is limited only to what you understand. Can I give an illustration? I don't know how electricity works. I don't understand how it works. All I know is that I put my trust in, when I put my hand to that light switch there, it, come in, it comes on. So I don't, un I don't understand how it works, but I don't base what I'm going to do on my understanding. I base what I do on the trust. Amen. That when I flip that switch, the light's going to come on. Amen. But see, most of us, when it comes to spiritual things, we lean on our own understanding. And because your understanding is limited, you never succeed. Touch your nose, neighbor. Don't rely on your own understanding. Oh, praise God. Praise God. So, so, so now how must I trust God? How must I trust God? Trust him entirely. 
The text says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. God demands an undivided commitment to himself. God wants no competition when it comes to your love and to your will. You cannot divide your trust between God and your own understanding. You've got to fully commit to God. God hates a double-minded person. God hates people who live in two camps. You can't live in two camps and say that you're trusting God. As a matter of fact, I hate people who are like that. I personally hate them. Hello? Because if you tell me let's go do this, and then you change your mind, I get very upset. Because, you know, once you say let's do this, I want to do this. Okay? If you didn't know what you want to do in the first place, you say, I don't know what I want to do, let's, let's figure it out. But if you say, let's do this, and all of a sudden you change your mind and say, no, let's do that, I get very upset. I get on shivel. I get, I get all discombobulated. The Word of God says, the Word of God says in Psalms 19 and 13, it says, I hate those who are double-minded. Yes, God said I hate those. Uh, if he brings it up, you'll see it. Psalms 119.13 says, I hate those who are double-minded. And then Matthew 6 and 24 says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will devote to one and despise the other. So you can't say, I trust God, and then say, I'm leaning in my own understanding. It's either you're trusting God, or you lean on your own understanding. And, 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 and Matthew 12, Matthew 12 and 31, you see, when you trust God entirely, it means that you love him entirely. And Matthew 12 and 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Do you love God that way? You got to love him with all your mind. You got to love him with all your heart. You got to love him with all your soul. And you got to love him with all the mind and your strength. You got to put some work into loving God. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You got to put some work into loving God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. You got to work to love God. Now, now, the second thing I want you to talk, I want to tell you about uh, uh, trusting God is you, you have to trust you have to trust God exclusively. By nature, we are always inclined to act on our own inclinations and desire. Hello, church, are you here? Yes. By nature, we want to do our own thing. Let me put it in, in today's English. We want to do what we want to do. And we do what we want to do. And when we get in trouble doing what we want to do, then we try to come to God to say, God, fix this. But you have to understand that, that when you trust God, you do what God wants you to do first. And then maybe if you have some time, you can do what you want to do. I said, maybe if you have some time. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, for all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on 
him. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. We make life-changing decisions, such as who we marry, what kind of financial, we make financial decisions, uh, we make vocational decisions, and we don't base them on what God wants for us. We make major decisions with our lives, and we never consult God and say, God, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I make this move? And we never consult God. But when it goes south, we start to call on God. This morning, something happened by my house. I don't know what happened, but I, I heard the commotion this morning. Early, I heard the commotion, and I heard the person crying out, I don't know what to do. God, please, Jesus, please help me. Jesus, please help me. And, I, and in my mind, I said, you, you know, you, you, you don't serve God. You don't even go to church. You don't even pray to God. But when the eternal proverbial doo-doo hits the fan, can I say doo-doo? When it hits the fan, then you got to say, Jesus, help me. Hello? See, look, well, watch this. If you never talk to me, if you, if you never say hello to me, if you walk by me every morning and never say anything to me, do you expect me to help you? So, so let's, be, let's, look at it. Let's, let's, let's talk to one another. Hello? If, if, if Joanna never says anything to me, Sister Joanna, if she never says anything to me, if she never talks to me, and she never says, she never says, she never comes to me and she says, hi. And she always walks by me and never says anything to me, right? When she gets in trouble, am I going to help her? She, I'm going to say, girl, you're going to have to drown. She may be in the water going down. I may be like, oh, because that's, 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 that's our nature. That's human nature. So, so if, 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 if we treat each other that way, what do you expect God to do? God is not a medicine cabinet. You only use him when you need him. You know, you get a headache, you run to the medicine cabinet, you take a Tylenol, I don't know what y'all use, a leave. Back in the day, it was buffering. Some of you don't know what buffering is. What, what was that? I don't even know what that is. But you have to understand that when you trust God, all right? You have to bring the things to him before you make the decision. Uh, 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 Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it's the way of death. Proverbs 26, 28 and, 6, 28 and 26, the first part of the verse says, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Let me say that again. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. The wisest man does not lean on his own understanding, but trust that God, God's way is the best. When you do it your way, you are saying you know better than God. That's the ultimate arrogance. When you do something your way and then you say, you know, because what you're saying is I know better than God. And thirdly, 
Trust God extensively. To some of us, God is only Lord over our church life. Let me say that again. I didn't get a lot of amen. Got some amen. But to some of us, God or Jesus is only Lord over church life. That means he is only Lord when I'm sitting in church. But when I leave church, I do what I want to do. He's no longer Lord over my life there. Because I control my own life. I am the captain of my ship. But when you come to church on Sunday or every other Sunday, every third Sunday, you say that he is Lord of my life. But he has to be Lord of your life in every aspect of your life. Every moment he has to be Lord. Every moment you have to trust in God because that's who he is. He is the God you trust in for everything. When you don't know which way to go, you trust in God. When you don't know what, what's coming down the, the, the road, you still put your trust in God. You have to learn how to trust in God no matter what. Because when you begin to trust in God, then God begins to lead and direct you. And then you learn your purpose. Touch, touch the neighbor. It's all about purpose. Okay, okay, so, 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 so. So nothing, watch this, watch this. Nothing about you is too small or trivial for God's attention. All right. So, so, so I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Uh, the, 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 the text has what I call an injunction and a promise. Now, an injunction is a court order which requires parties to continue or cease particular, uh, a particular action. Fail, fail to comply with that injunction may result in fines, arrest, or prison time, depending on the situation. Now, Proverbs 3 and 6 contain an injunction and a promise. The injunction in the text is, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's the injunction. In, all that, in other words, that's the law. That's the edict that God puts forth. God says, in all your ways. In other words, everything about your life, you have to acknowledge God. Everything you do, you must acknowledge God. The reason why some of us sin is because we don't acknowledge God. Because if we start doing everything by acknowledging God first, there is some things that we're not going to do. Oh, Jesus. So the injunction is acknowledge God. In, in other words, to acknowledge God means that you, have, you have to have vision enough to see God in it. When you acknowledge God, you see God in it. When you acknowledge God, you see God in the problem. Oh, y'all, y'all. I wish I had some people here. I wish I just, I just need three people to, 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 to just jump up and get excited with me. When you acknowledge God, right? Anything you 
are going through, you understand that it's coming through his lenses, that it's coming through his hands, that he's allowing certain things in your life because he knows he's going to still take care of you no matter what because you have acknowledged him. You have enough vision to see that God is behind this. And if God is behind this, the outcome is going to be better. Oh, you ought to give God some praise, somebody. So acknowledging God means I'm putting my entire trust in him. I don't care what my situation looks like now. All I know is that if I put my trust in God, it's going to be okay. I, who am I talking to? It's going to be okay. You just got to trust in God. In all your ways. In all your ways. In all your ways. Acknowledge God. So it implies vision. It implies gifting. See, when you, when you acknowledge God, you say, God, whatever gifts I have. They belong to you. And whatever gift you you have given in my life, I'm going to use it under your governance. And I was, I'm not going to go outside your governance to use my gift. I'm not going to pollute my gift by going outside of your governance to use my gift. So you acknowledge God. You say, the gift you have given me, and all of you have a gift. But like I always say, some of you are sitting on your asset. Some of you have the gift to bring people in the church. Gosh, sure don't got quiet. Some of you are gifted. You have the ability to talk to people and say, come to my church. And they will go. You see, you see watch it, watch this. Let me, let me clarify something. Gifted is just not preaching. I have, to, I have to clarify that. Gifting is just not preaching. That just happened to be one of the gifting God puts in the body of Christ. Hello? Gifting, you don't have to have a title to have a gift. You can have a gift without a title. As a matter of fact, when people give title, they don't do anything. They sit on the asset because they now have a title. Because the title was their pursuit in the first place. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder why people are always pursuing titles. What's the title going to do to you? Hello? Listen, when I was in the business world, boy, I wanted a title. Hello? And I, I, th I think the, the, the highest title I had was a manager. Or, or if you want to go someplace, I was a vice president. What did it mean? It didn't mean nothing. Because I saw everybody else was a vice president. Hello? In some companies, there are hundreds, there are thousands of vice presidents. The real people with the real power don't need no title. Hello? Because they have their own title just for them. So when you acknowledge God, you say, God, I acknowledge you in everything about my life. I acknowledge you about the gift you put inside of me. See, listen, saints, you have gift in some of you young people, the reason why other young folks are not in this church is because you are sitting on your asset. You haven't told a soul about your church. 
You haven't said, come to my church. Bishop, you know, uh, 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 I don't hear no more excuses. When, 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 when we were younger, we told young people about our church. We would say to them, you know, come to my church. You know, if we didn't have a young a youth group, we wanted one. We, we would push for somebody to do something. And if somebody didn't do something, we did it ourselves. That's the kind of attitude we need. Hello? My, uh, hello? 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 Uh, 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 let me ask you a question. How, how many times did bring one flash in the screen today? How many times? How many times? No, you're wrong. Once? Who knows? Except for the guys who did it. How many times? See, 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 what I've noticed about you in Nazareth is what I've noticed is that when the announcements come on, y'all get in your phone. All right? Some of you fall asleep doing the announcement. You figure it's time to get a rest. Some of you run upstairs, figure it's time. Let me run to the bathroom doing the announcement. And then when something happens, you go, well, I don't know, I don't know we were doing that. Then where, where have you been when we have been pushing the announcement for a whole month? And even upstairs, you can see it. Hello? Uh, so, so I asked a question one more time. How many times did bring one flash up? <laughs> I like Brother Noel edging at least three times. Bring one. Bring one. Y'all know what that means? Bring one. Have you noticed it been flashing? I figure I try to get that to you subliminally. Did I say it right? Did I say the word right? Bring one. Don't come alone. Bring somebody. Hello? It was, it was up there four times. Hello? Four times. Because I actually did get mad. I said, put it up there four times. Last week, how many times was it up there? Did you see it last week? Who saw it last week? Some, some folks never saw it at all. It was up there four times last week also. Hello? So now I'm going to change it next week and ask you again how many times it was up there. So. <laughs> some of you pay attention. Hello? The reason why we do the announcement when we do the announcement is because so you can see it. Hello? And take notes. And you can also see it again on the YouTube. You can subscribe, but you got to subscribe. You get how many subscribe to YouTube? Okay, amen. To our channel, not to, not to, not to. <laughs> thank you. To our channel, not just you have YouTube. How many subscribe to NCF channel? Let me see the hands. Freddie, why are you not subscribe, Freddie? I'm gonna throw folks on the bus. It's bus throwing time. Why you are not subscribed? You know what, Deacon Matthew? I want everybody to go to Deacon Matthew after service and tell Deacon Matthew and, 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 sister, and sister, sister Patient, say, show me how to subscribe to the YouTube page. Hello? Because it's your church after all. If you don't push your church, who's going to push your church? I went to a leadership conference last week, like yesterday, at a leadership conference. And I was watching some of the postings some of the people put up, what, what they were saying about the postings. I was reading them. They would say, man, we have a great church. 
They said, this is a great church. That's what they were saying about their church. Hello? I follow some of you on Facebook. I ain't see nothing. Oh, let me. Let me move on. Amen? Hello? You have got to acknowledge him. And finally, to acknowledge him means to take the abilities, gifts he has placed in me and use them under his government. See, God didn't give you your gifting for you to use for yourself. Some of you think that God gifted you so you can be the superstar. So you can be the one in the limelight. I told leaders yesterday, I said to them yesterday, if somebody who comes in the church can sing better than you, then sit down and let that person sing. Hello? Find something else to do. There's so much things to do around the church. There's, there's, there's so much to do. Hold on. Well, my raise your hand. How many of you know there's a lot of stuff to do in the church? There's so much to do. There's so much to do, and some of you are not doing anything. Why? Okay, okay. So, 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 so let me get down to, my, to the promise. The promise is this. This is the promise. And he will make your path straight. I looked at that word path, and I looked at the word straight. They're the same in the Hebrew word. They're the same Hebrew word. They mean the same thing in the Hebrew. It means God is going to make it easy. He's going to make it flow. He's going to make it, even if it's crooked, he's going to make it smooth. Because you can take a crooked road that's not smooth. But God will give you a crooked road that's smooth. It means you're going to have smooth sailing. You may encounter some difficulties, but it's going to be smooth sailing. Touch this in your neighbor. If you acknowledge God, he's going to make your way smooth. You ever drive a car in a, in, in a rough road? Man, you bounce around, man. You bounce and you bounce and you bounce and you bounce. Especially if you're in my truck, in the back of the truck, you feel every bump. And if the person who's driving don't care about bumps, and I, you go on them, 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 them speed bumps too fast, you may hit your head on the roof. Okay? So, 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 so you, 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 you feel every bump. What God does is he makes it smooth. Even when you go over a bump, it's still smooth. How far is the neighbor? God makes it smooth. Because you have to understand that when you acknowledge him, when you acknowledge him, he makes your path straight. So, 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 so let me conclude this. Let me, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. When you are, see, see, see if, if you don't acknowledge God, or if you don't trust in God, then you're limited to, as, as, as far as you're going to go. You, you, you're, you are limited. Your success is always going to be limited. But when you trust in God, when you trust in God, there is no limitation. 
There is no, there is nothing that can say you can't go there. There is nothing that will say you can't go there because you have unlimited success. I, 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 I don't tie, like I said, I don't tie my success as a pastor to what I see in the pews. I tie my success as a pastor to what I know God has called me to be. And as long as I walk in my purpose, I'm successful. Amen. Touch this neighbor. Amen. Walk in your purpose. Walk in your purpose. You, you, see, you, you have to walk in your purpose. You can't walk in my purpose. I can't walk in your purpose. I have to walk in my purpose. How many want to be successful? Okay. So stand to your feet. Some of you never raised your hand, so I figure you don't want to be successful. Okay. Raise your hand. Watch this. All of us want to be successful. If you want to be successful, raise your hand if you want success. Just raise your hand. So let me give you the key to be successful. You ready? You ready? Yes. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Trust him in all your way. Trust him. Acknowledge him. And then he's going to make what? So, so, so the straight path to success is you have to acknowledge. Yeah. There's no shortcuts. You, you, see, see, you can't serve God and two masters. And you, you can't serve God and sin or, or, or God and money. You've got to either be in his camp or in the enemy's camp. There, there is no straddling. You can't straddle. You've got to be either here or over here. Some of us want to do this. And think this is going to please God. This is not going to please God. You got to be to be here and, and God's side. Or over here on the enemy's side. You're either cold. Or you're either hot. As a matter of fact in the book of Revelation it says. God is going to spew you out because you are lukewarm. You ever drink lukewarm coffee? I'd rather have either hot coffee or cold coffee. As a matter of fact, good iced coffee in the summer is great. But a uh, you ever take your cup and it's been sitting and you forget and you take it and you put it into your mouth and it's like lukewarm, you're like, ooh, I want to spit it out. Hello? Well, but the only reason you don't spit it out is because you got people around you. And you have to maintain your dignity. But that's what God says. God says you eat a hot, cold. There's no lukewarm. No lukewarm. And Nazareth, we have to either be hot or cold, not lukewarm. And some of you, some of you are giving God lukewarm service. Listen, listen. If, I, if I'm throwing you under the bus today, forgive me. It's just an illustration, but just get ready for it because I'm moving forward. As a church, I'm moving forward. And if you're not doing what you're called to do, 
then you know, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Amen? Amen. Yeah, say, ah, yeah, yeah. Say, ouch, 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 ouch. <laughs> say, ouch, 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 ouch. Because we are about excellence. This ministry is excellence. We're looking for excellence. So we don't want you to give us just anything. I, I heard the voices sing this morning. I said, they can do better. I heard them playing this morning. I said, they can do better. Amen? We as a body of Christ can do better. We can do better. Tell somebody, we can do better. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Yeah, that, don't sound, that don't, still don't sound right. We can do better. 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 We have to break that spirit of complacency. That's why we did, that's why we changed this wall. Hello? We changed the wall. There's a lot of more things we're going to change. Hello? We're going to change it. Because it's about excellence. We don't stay in the same place. We move on. And how do we move on? By acknowledging him. Solomon gave us the key to success. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The only negative in that text is leaning on your own understanding. Let's stop that. But I don't understand what Bishop is doing. That's the problem. You're leaning on your own understanding. I don't know what Bishop is doing. No, that's the problem. It's on your own understanding. Catch a vision. Catch a vision. See it. Some of you walked in and said, why would you do that? I thought we got to move out of here. No. We're not ready yet. When we move out of here, we'll be good and ready. Amen. 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 I believe we're going, I believe we're leaving. But when we're ready, and some of us are not ready yet. Come on, raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you, oh God, that as we put our trust in you and Move away from understanding things our way. I pray, God, that you will just open our minds and our heart. That we may become better, greater. That we may become all that you have destined us to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Come on, hug somebody. Hug somebody. Come on. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. To receive this sermon, please visit brjministries.org. While there, you may also sign up for Bishop Jamat's free publications or purchase one of his many books, including his bestseller, the Spiritual Iron Man 40-Day Training Manual. Follow Bishop Jamat on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRJ Ministries. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write us at BRJ Ministries, 576 Ralph Avenue, Suite 2, Brooklyn, New York, 11233. Or email us at radio at brjministries.org. You may also call us at 855-JAMAT. That's 
1-800-536-6688. If you are in the New York City area, you may visit Bishop Jamat Sundays at 11 a.m. We are located at 576 Ralph Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. This broadcast is made possible by your prayers and the generous financial contribution of our friends and supporters. To become a friend or supporter of this ministry, please visit brjministries.org and click on the donate icon. Every financial gift you give to this ministry helps us continue this broadcast. Here again is Bishop Roberto Jamat. Hello, my friend. This is Bishop Roberto Jamat. I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that the sermon has blessed your heart and challenged you to become all that God has destined you to be. If this broadcast has blessed your heart, remember to share it with a friend. Remember, these podcasts are made possible because of your prayer and your generous donation. Any donation to this ministry helps us continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to donate to this ministry, you can visit the website brjministries.org and click on the donate button. Until I hear from you, be blessed and remember, be all that God has destined you to be.